Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. John Bloom here, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel, which is much more informative and entertaining than listening to my solar panels, but not nearly as environmentally friendly. We appreciate you. I'm your host, Greg Esposito, as Tim Tompkins has taken the night off. That's why I'm wearing the lovely call center headset. I think we have to do that whenever... uh, Somebody is hosting the show, and I've got my partner in crime, the always curmudgeonly Dave King. Dave, how are you, man? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you doing? Well, you're all going to find out doing? that that I got a lot of things to complain about, and uh, you're all going to hear about them uh, very shortly here in terms of uh, what's gone on in well, this week. Before, before we get into crotchety old man mode, um, why don't we do a little bit of uh, just um recap of actually you know what before we get into crotchety old man mode let's talk about nicknames okay we can start with the nickname what's the favorite nickname that comes first to mind that you've had of a son's player uh since you became a fan the round mound of rebound that's awesome yes you'll never be anything like it yeah because he was fat and he could rebound a basketball yes when he was in alabama he was famous for being fat and great rebounder. They lost all that weight, and he was still called the round mound to rebound. And now he's back where he started. Let's Everything be, comes full Let's circle. be clear. He didn't lose that much weight. He was still he at one point. Oh, okay, maybe. But there is a great picture of his Alabama days, Charles Barkley, <laughs> sitting in a doorway wearing, uh, wearing a, a sleeveless shirt, eating a large pizza in a box. I think it was a Sports Illustrated photo for I, something. I remember. I thought he was sitting on a bed with the pizza around him. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a stoop. So it's, a, it's, it's unique. One of my wow. favorite, uh, favorite photos ever of a professional mm-hmm. athlete. Yeah, that was in. He had a great career. Okay, my favorite, the one that comes to mind first is Sox Perry, Elliot Sox Perry, because he always wore those high white socks. Um, and you know, he, he had the skinniest little legs, but he, he covered those, he covered those legs with high white socks. And so we call him socks Perry. That was great. He got fourth quarter Frank, uh, for Frank Johnson, who that was about the only good thing he did for the Suns during uh, the, his many years. The Oklahoma kid was a pretty great, uh, nickname, by the way, Frank Johnson also, uh, allegedly slept with a sponsor's wife when he was coached. So that's another thing he did for the team while he was was here, but no, I he I, was coach for a little while, but not a long while. For, 
Fourth <laughs> quarter, Frank, getting it done. Uh, uh, getting her done. But Get her done, Frank. The Oklahoma kid, Alvin Adams, is always a fun one. Uh, yeah. Walter Davis had a few, the Greyhound and the Man with the Velvet Touch. I think that's that's, right. that's a pretty awesome nickname. Sweet D was what Al called him. Sweet D as well. The, the Man with the Velvet Touch sounds like somebody that would sleep with your uh, with your marketing partner or wife. That, uh, that's right. That's that's what they that's what they tried to give Frank Johnson. And so it was like, nope. Walter's already gotten that yeah, one. So, so yeah, there's a lot of there's been a lot of fun nicknames. Throw yours in the chat if you are watching on uh, YouTube or uh, tweet it at us. Uh, I'm at Aspo. He's at Dave King NBA. Uh, That's which, right. Which I think so I may have, have mistagged you in uh in the post about this today because I was in such a rush. I may have left the NBA off. So there's some poor Dave King very confused while he's talking about Suns basketball. <laughs> there's a the Dave King that's actually out there. He's pretty funny. He's a much better Twitter follower than I am. Good to know. Yeah. So, so can we get to the main topic? Because I've been angry. No. Uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> let's 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 make this relevant okay. for today. So um, this week, I guess. Well, last week when the NBA rookies went to um, wherever they go to for their little annual summit and they learn how to take care of money and ignore pretty women and stuff like that, they also get interviewed by uh, random people. And and somebody asked Ty Jerome if he knew which NBA player's nickname was Milk. And Ty Jerome said, "Uh, no, I have no idea. I've never heard of that. And then the person goes, "Uh, that's you. That's your nickname. And he's, he, he had no idea what it was, but I guess basketballreference.com has his nickname as Milk. So somebody gave him a nickname of Milk. I think I think there's some nerd in the basketball reference offices that's just locked in there and kind puts like random nicknames <laughs> for, for all these guys. Because some of the names you see, you're like, I highly doubt that this guy has ever been called that. And I'm glad yeah. Ty Jerome was like, I have no clue where that came from. Right, but it was funny. And then, then the person said, well, what should your nickname be? And he jokingly goes, Milk. Uh, and, <laughs> and then it got around. Kelly Oubre tweeted today that he wanted to call him Milky. Like Now it sounds like my two-year-old daughter is in this debate. Like, yes. She calls it Milk, Milkies, uh, Milky. <laughs> like, I, like I, let the poor guy play an NBA and game before we saddle him with a bad is, name. Man, I'd much rather be called Milk than Milky. Milk at least is like a thing, and you can make a thing out of it. You just call me Milky. That just sounds like a, a total, total put down. But Kelly Oubre is all over it. He even defended it. I said I would never want to be called Milky, and then he replied with, no, man, I'm going to call him Milky. Well, <laughs> he's he's Milky. How do you even come? How, how do you even wind up with a nickname like Milk? Like, did you accidentally yeah, grab a Milk instead pretty, of Gatorade? Like, pill? No, I, even, even then, like, I, okay. I could see John Stockton or Mark Price being called Milk by a baby, but like, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't see I don't know it. Either. So, and what what are we gonna call Cam Johnson? I I just, dinosaur. I hopefully, hopefully uh, a shooter. Yeah, he's so old. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully a shooter. I hope this guy connects from deep like i i will i will come up with yeah. a good nickname when he hits two or three threes in a row in a game and then we're feeling it so uh man he's like the, he's the next james jones it, apparently according to steve holler in the chat a guy on twitter said he was nicknamed this after an aau tournament where he was the only white player in it 
I knew it was color related. <laughs> okay. And now it's gotten out, and now Kelly Oubre is going to call him Milky. I, and that's something that'll stick. Like he's, he's yeah, if he's, if the players start yeah. calling him it, he's screwed. It's not going anywhere. I'm curious how that's going to go over. We got media day in about six weeks. Yeah, I, we'll see. I, I, the, the, at least this is something fun because the next topic we're going to get into uh, is the stupidest thing that's been debated on Twitter over the last two days, and on ESPN and in articles. This. You may disagree. No, what's Dave, what's but... more? What's what's got more weight, Greg? I got to know what's got more weight to it. Um, about three hundred and fifty NBA games, or one play in a pickup game in open gym. Which one? one which one's more valuable? One one clip, video clip of one pickup game uh, in a gym over the summer. <laughs> Apparently, that has more weight than anything else Devin Booker has accomplished in his NBA career. And this damn thing has gone viral, has been talked about on morning shows in ESPN. They should ban NBA talk for the month of August because this is the crap we're subjected to, all right? We're only hours away from Kobe and Michael Jordan weighing in on this. Uh, I like, uh, okay, so we'll take a step back. The other night, a video surfaced on Twitter from a pickup game that Devin Booker was playing in that also had Ben Simmons, Joe Kim Noah. I think there were a few other NBA players. I don't have the full full list in front of me, but there have been clips that came out had come out from some run in the same gym over the previous days Devin Booker lighting it up this particular clip shows Devin Booker getting double teamed in the corner to and then kind of pushed out of bounds he was trapped yeah. in the corner and, and and Booker winds up saying uh you know sorry but why are we double teaming in a pickup game we're just trying to work on our game and Joe Kim Noah chirps back at him that they are double teaming in this game and and it took on a life of its own right <laughs> there's been a whole debate do you double team and pick up do you not it led to uh at free darko on twitter one of the uh, one of the <laughs> yeah, godfathers of blog, yes. blogging uh daniel friedman talking about how devin booker is a preening uh wannabe superstar and goes on a complete deep dive Twitter rant that just sounded like uh, some guy that was losing grip of reality. I don't know what Devin Booker did to his girlfriend. If that guy ever had a girlfriend that is so (laughs) Uh, Devin Booker, now the man with the velvet touch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so, so then you wind up going from, from this whole this this whole thing having a little bit of an internet life and and a few bloggers losing their mind to Jalen Rose on Get Up screaming about how you can't you that double teaming in in pickup games is fine and that it's a reflection of Devin Booker's incapability of of winning with the Suns and, and what he can't do in double team against double teams in the NBA. And then Kevin Durant, just before we came on here, defending Devin Booker on Twitter. And Trey some guy, Young did, too. And some guy that claims he's a scout telling Kevin Durant he's basically wrong. I don't know what the hell is going on. But I, I – first off – So it's a bunch of – basically it's a bunch of dudes who need help dev, defending Devin Booker who might have been okay with calling a double team and open gym and pick up after being roasted all day. The, you know, the, the biggest winner out of all this is Tony Snell. 
Tony Snell was the dude who was trying to defend Devin Booker that day in open gym. And earlier clips had Devin running all over him. So they finally started calling a double team because Tony Snell couldn't contain Devin Booker. Now, Tony Snell is not the not not the subject of this. It's Devin Booker who one time goes, come on, man. Yeah, well, and I get it because I, I think I saw a stat that he was one of the most double team players in the NBA last yep. year, right? I, like I, I well, understand. You're playing with G leaguers. Well, I mean, and, and I'm sorry if Tony Snell can't guard him, switch up, put somebody else on him. Like, don't. It's pick well, up a, basketball. Maybe it was KD who said that. He's like, man, the story should be the dude who can't guard Devin Booker and needs to work on guarding him without needing the double team trap. <laughs> and I think KD made the point of you know if certain guys want to want to mouth off about things, go guard him yourself before the ball's checked in. Like, yeah. Most I, of the players defending, like saying that um, uh, doing the trap and the double team was okay. Most of the people doing that are guys like you and me. Most of the people defending Devin Booker for who he is are, are the current NBA players who play with Devin Booker. Who That holds a heck of a lot more weight yeah. to me than any idiot on the internet, uh, us included, that want to talk about it. And the, the thing that pissed me most off about uh, Free Darko, I'll, I'll call him that because that's his Twitter handle and what he was known as for years, is, is the fact that he made personal, years ago. Uh, he made personal judgments about Devin Booker uh, and, and who he is. He also, a guy he, he has he never with, met. And I swear to God, this, this guy doesn't look like he's ever smoked a cigarette. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, and <laughs> it, it pisses me off because he's passing a judgment on a guy he's never met. A guy that I got the opportunity to spend a lot of time around his rookie year. Uh, and preening and wannabe superstar is not something that that you would ever saddle on this guy. Hard worker, uh, came in all business attitude, wanted to wanted to prove that he could be a leader, wanted to prove what he could do in this game, didn't expect anything, uh, came in with a chip on his shoulder because he had been a sixth man at Kentucky and wasn't drafted in the top ten and came in and proved himself and had to earn his time off the bench that rookie year too because Hornacek didn't play him the first two months uh, yeah. of his rookie year either. Although and then, I do remember Hornacek saying he'd be an all-star someday, even when he wasn't playing him. Yeah, because he, he believed in him and, and believed in his shooting ability. But man, like passing these guys passing judgment on him is, is insane to me. And then Jalen Rose for a second. Let's take a step back. Anybody think that Jalen Rose still has an axe to grind with the Suns because he averaged three minutes a game when he was here in that sunset season he played as part of Mike D'Antoni's bench where he always finds a way to bring up the fact that they didn't play him constantly and now he's uh, bagging on Booker and the Suns on get up. I, the whole thing is ridiculous to me. Nobody pre- presented a real great argument about why they got all bent well, out of shape. And they're also portraying it as Devin Booker doesn't ever want to play against a double team again. No, it's one play, one clip. There's no other reports of him saying that ever before or since. And the next day, Devin Booker was trying to have some fun with it. He even he even said, birthday work with my pops. Let me find it here. Birthday work with my pops. 30 minutes of passing out of doubles today. Laughing, crying emoji. Nah, for real, though, appreciate your grind and realness, saying to his fans. <laughs> like, like, seriously, it's not. he was simply saying, I deal with this crap all the time. We're out here. We're just trying to work on our game. 
Why the double team? Like, seriously, what's the point in double teaming in that game? There's none. And he had a moment where he was just frustrated with it. And can you blame him? I mean, I can't. Uh, and and everybody, uh, you know, I think it was Jalen Rose talking about, well, this is this is this is as important as it gets for Devin Booker and playing. You know, he's he's letting out his son's frustration. No, it was a moment where he didn't want to get double teamed and pushed out of bounds while playing a pickup game. Like it's well, just I love stupid. this scout guy. I'm just gonna go off for a second on this scout guy who just did, he just goes on Twitter just to I don't know just to melt down on people. I don't quite get it. He's the one who got into the beef with KD, and now he's getting into a little bit of a beef with me. Um, obviously not as high profile as KD, so he'll switch back to KD pretty quick. But he's just he's just he's defending the hell out of himself. He calls himself a scout. He says he was a scout. He said he worked for three different NBA teams in their video coordination and, and scouting areas. And yet this same guy is creating an entire model of Devin Booker based on one clip of one play that he never even watched himself of one open gym pickup game in August. And he is defending to the death his position of Devin Booker not being able to handle that one play. Devin Booker just chose not to handle it going, Jesus Christ, come on, man. Why are we doing this? That's what Devin Booker is basically saying. When was the last time anyone in pickup went through an entire pickup game without talking shit to one person? Never. You always talk crap. You always talk crap. And the fact that Joe Kim Noah snapped back in him is part of basketball. That's the way it is. You snap at the dude against you. That dude snaps against you. You're trying to win. That's competitiveness. It's okay. And that you do not define an entire body of work by one play on one videotape. And a dude, this guy, Brian, should not be basing an entire opinion on that if he was actually employed by three teams as a video coordinator. I've, I've talked to video coordinators before. I've got friends who are in video coordinator groups. They would not base an entire opinion on one play. Well, there's a reason they he's would sitting. They fired for it. And guess what? Dude was fired. Well, yeah, dude's sitting on Twitter trying to times. trying to act like like he knows what what he's talking about if and instead of in a in a video coordination room i get you know that that one fine it's it just this whole thing if anybody wants to be mad at somebody go be mad at Earl Watson for what he did to put Devin Booker in a position to score be 70 mad at Ryan because- McDonough for putting Devin Booker on a court with almost no long-term nba players with him around him for more than a few months oh i I totally get that, but this all stems from people are bent out of shape that Devin Booker scored 70 on the Celtics in a game where his coach kept calling timeouts and doing things that that he probably shouldn't have, but that's not Devin Booker's fault. What do you want him to do? Not score when he's on a hot streak? If if you did that as a player, you would take more crap than you t- than he's taking for going after 70. He was 20 he was, years old at the time. He was suffering through a 70 loss season. Why not go for as many points when your coach is telling you to? You can't be holding this against Devin, but you can All right, look, Devin Booker just needs to be on a better freaking basketball team and prove that he's still he's just as good or better on a better basketball team. I'm just tired. The Suns have set Devin Booker up to get this kind of criticism. Oh, well, there, there's no doubt about it. There's another debate on Twitter about, you know, who are the, uh, how many actual NBA quality players has Devin Booker played with? And I think the max any of us can get to is six. Well, and even that, <laughs> if you limit it to just those who spent more than one season with him, it's only three. Yeah. In yeah. a four-year career. 
Well, and if you limit it to guys who really should be starters, it probably is more like two on that list, which is which is crazy to me. So he's been putting in a PJ Tucker as a starter. That's true. I mean, when you put him, when you put him uh, in a situation like that, uh, there's no win for him. There's no way to win. And people are, oh, we, we should carry the team. How do you carry that? Like I, I joked, it's like asking somebody to win the Iditarod with one healthy dog and a bunch of house cats. Right. Like yeah, how yeah. are you going to pull that people off? People say, well, Russell Westbrook carried his team. He carried. The Thunder post Kevin Durant before Paul George to 40, I think 41 wins, 42 wins, something like that. With Steven Adams, with a handful of other actual long-term NBA players, guys he had played with for multiple years. The only one who left that year was Kevin Durant. With good they coaching. had a returning team otherwise. That's how you win games is because you know the guys around you and they're NBA caliber. Yeah, it's... So I just that's what frustrates me is every there's a handful of moments that that a lot of these national guys are building an argument against Devin Booker with that just don't hold weight. And I'm sorry if you're that bent out of shape because a kid went for 70 and didn't win a game. Get over yourself. Get over the whole thing. Like well, it, it's it's ridiculous. What's going to happen is everyone's going to say Devin Booker got better when the team around him got better. And we're going to be clamoring all freaking year long that he didn't get better. He's the same dude, just with better players around him. Oh, for sure. I mean, when you look at it, uh, you know, he's going to have a real NBA roster around him for the first time since he's been in the league. And, And he will look better simply because those around him are better. I mean, it's not that tough to figure out here. It's not like it's some magical equation. When you have primarily G League guys around you, it's he, you can't lift that kind of talent to to another level. You can you can lift average NBA talent to another level. I believe that, but you're not going to lift guys that probably don't deserve a spot in the league to a level where they're going to win multiple well, games at, at, in the NBA. Plus, the, going back to that Russell Westbrook comp, Russell Westbrook was coming off was it two or three conference finals appearances with Kevin Durant before Durant left. He knew how to win games because he'd been around a winning team. Mm. Devin Booker has never learned how to actually win games because he's never been around a team of guys who actually could win games. So Devin Booker does have a lot of things to work on. Look, let me just make myself clear. Devin Booker has a lot of things to work on. He's got he's got to get better at defense. He's got to get better at focusing all game long on that end of the floor. He's got to get better in a lot of ways. <clears throat> But Devin Booker is not the reason the Suns have lost games, but he has not learned how to win. He doesn't know the little things on how to win. And being around guys like Ricky, there are seven different guys now on this team coming in this coming up season who've recently been in the playoffs and are not on the tail end of their careers where they can't even perform anymore for the first time in NBA in, in Devin Booker's career. How, how is he supposed to learn to win when he's been surrounded by guys that have never done it themselves? What, where was he? Uh, Tyson Chandler was the closest thing to a mentor that he had. And, and by the end, Tyson Chandler was 100% checked out. All right? And Chandler couldn't even play anymore, really. I mean, he was, he was limited to a small box of, of space to be able to rebound and defend in. And that's the best player probably that Devin Booker got to play next to. And the dude was over the hill. 
Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, in the chat, guys are talking about how Ricky Rubio will make Devin Booker better uh, all around, and in particular off the ball. Like th- this is going to be the first yeah. time that I think you can truly judge Devin Booker, the player. And there's they- seven guys on this roster now who've been in the playoffs in the last two or three years, are on the in- middle or upside of their careers, and six of those started in the playoffs. That's a much better team. If the Suns fail this year, it's Devin Booker's fault. That the Suns failed the first four years of Devin Booker's career is not his fault. Yeah. If the Suns fail this coming year, it's on him. Yeah, and I mean, fail is, uh, you know, if we don't see mar- uh, market improvement by them, it is it is very much on Devin Booker and his leadership. But call me when Devin Booker complains about somebody double-teaming him in an actual game. I don't give a crap what he complains about in a pickup game. Because we don't know any of the circumstances on that, right? That could have been hour number seven they were playing in that gym. Uh, he could have been, uh, you don't know any any of the circumstances in any of it. And so taking one, cherry picking one little clip out of that and, and building an entire mountain out of what amounts to nothing more than a molehill is ridiculous to me. And I get exactly why it's happening because we live in a culture where there has to be 24 seven discussion and dissection of everything uh, in, in sports and beyond. So these Tiny topics become large things that never would have amounted to anything in the past, nor would we have known anything about them in the past. If I'm mad at anybody out of that group, I'm mad at whoever was filming that and decided to put that out on uh, on Twitter, if I'm those players, because it didn't make anybody look particularly good uh, you know, with it. So, Dave, I think you might have muted yourself somehow here. <laughs> But it's so uh, I, I oh that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry I muted myself. I wouldn't be surprised if the person who posted that on Twitter was simply just trying to show some live pickup and thought it would be funny and had no idea that it would blow up like this. Uh, no, I agree. That's probably what it is. I'm just simply saying if you're those guys, you're probably like really, really now. Now you've started two days of of national discussion on the on this ridiculous really? clip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kobe and, and Michael haven't even weighed in yet. Oh, well, that, oh, that was James hasn't weighed in. The the wannabe the wannabe uh, Kobe Bryant was my favorite part of the free Darko rant. Uh, the knockoff Kobe Bryant. Oh so, yeah, right. All right, well, everybody, we appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen yes. to this edition. Uh, Dave and I will be back on Saturday. Tim's taking extended time off. No, he's not in a padded room somewhere. He just had a. Oh, no, he's actually going to gonna be doing a CrossFit thing on Saturday morning. So it's just going to be us. We are going to have a special guest on. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the Suns' rookies uh, in this coming season, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see you guys on Saturday morning. We will talk to you then. So for Dave King, I'm Greg Esposito. Thanks for listening. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com ah mmm 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.